Warning, the intro of this podcast contains an excerpt from Westboro Baptist Church leader Fred Phelps. It contains strong language that some will find offensive. These do not reflect the views of Josh or Mike. Westboro Baptist Church will picket that screaming eagle at Fort Campbell, August the 9th, when they have their monthly eagle remembrance ceremony. To honor troops that God has killed in Iraq. Those troops deserve no honor. They died in shame for a faggot nation, cursed of God. They turned America over to fags. They're coming home in body bags, and we say amen and praise the Lord for it. Thank God for every dead soldier in retaliation for America's sodomite sin. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 108 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Wednesday, September 5th, 2008. I am now 30 years old, three decades of time. Dirty 30. Dirty 30. Oh, my God. I hate that so much. God, uh, as you as you guys probably would have guessed, I hate that. I, I don't know why. Why, why did that have to become a thing that exists, you know? Uh. But no, I didn't do shit for my birthday. I went out to St. Augustine, which was a nice little city outside of Jacksonville by the ocean. And uh, we got, I got one of those, uh, we went to the one of these, like, uh, I know it's a tourist trap restaurant, but we went there because it, you know, for the atmosphere, it's by the ocean and all that. And, you know, it's one of those things where you go in there and they're known for this one kind of steak and... You know, they age the steak for 14 years and they slap the cow's ass every day of its life before they <laughs> killed it and all this other kind of stuff. And it's supposed to make it taste better. I, you know, it was it was pretty good. It wasn't the best steak I've ever had. It was pretty good. It was like 50 bucks, though. I mean, I didn't pay for it. My mom did. But still, I was like, man, I bet they like they got probably get people hook, line and sinker with this uh, whole you know, oh, this is our world famous steak, and we fly to Barbados and, you know, give the cow a pedicure and all this other kind of stuff. And, but yeah, no, it was pretty cool overall. I mean, it is what it is. Keep keep grinding away, you know, and doing the shit. What you been up to, Mike? Uh, not much. Um, just uh, doing uh, my uh, work for school and just getting over. Um. I thought I had allergies that were acting up a couple days ago, so then I took some allergy meds to help it, but it actually did the complete opposite and, like, fuck shit up, so I'm, I'm, I'm recovering a little bit from that. Like, yesterday was bad, my throat was sore, I was more congested than I was before, so, yeah, it, it just sucked ass. So, I'm just getting over that. Um... As for uh, my uh, current term at WCU, things are going pretty good. Uh, I did a uh, trailer mashup with uh, the footage from the Terminator trailer uh, and footage from RoboCop. So I made it as if it was like RoboCop who was sent uh, from the future to kill Sarah Connor. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Yeah, so uh, I did that and that was actually pretty well, very well received by my uh, professor. He really liked the video. So that's a good start so far. Uh, my documentary class, other than watching the documentaries, is kind of boring. I mean, uh, I had the class last night. It was three hours of just like, why the fuck am I here? Really? Is that is that an elective <laughs> class? 
No, it's 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 part it's part of uh, my film studies minor and part of my uh, DTC credit. So, um, yeah, uh, it's one of those things where well, it also counts as an English credit, I think. So that's it's an English class, but it, it's the documentary's interesting. The 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 teacher, she's fine. It's just one of those. If you have like a set game plan for the day, it's if you're watching a documentary during class, then it's fine. But if you're just sitting there for like an hour and a half, just thinking about what you're going to do for your documentary, that's just boring. Uh, and then if the other, you know, hour or so is just lame lectures, it's just like, but she let us go home about 30 minutes early. So God, you're, you keep giving me these like awful flashbacks of like back when I went to college and I don't like it. Ugh, God, I, <laughs> And the you, video game class, uh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm enjoying that so far. There's a video yeah. game class. It's called it's called digital literacies, but really, what it is, it's a video game class. It's about video game theory and application what and stuff like that. What the fuck is that? How how is that of any relevance in the higher studies? In the well, world? there's actually a video game studies thing now. Like that's a thing. What what are you gonna? Get a job uh, being like a YouTube game vlogger or some shit. When no, you get no, of- you write about games in terms of their application to society and as as forms of art and so on and so forth. It's essentially applying film studies techniques uh, to video games. That's really what it oh, is. Oh, so so like I'm sure it was controversial when film studies became a class in in college like 30 years ago or however yeah. long. And now, now they're finally recognizing, I guess, video games as some kind of like higher art form as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like video games, but I just think that's that's kind of a silly. I mean, I got to uh, I got to uh, touch one of the first ever Pong consoles. Like it was literally a tabletop game. Uh, people say, "Oh, it's a it's a it's a video game." Yeah, it is a video game, but it's also a tabletop game because you can't move the controllers, the paddles. They don't come off the the stand. You have to have the Pong game on the tabletop or some kind of tabletop of, of, of some kind in order to be able to play it. And then we also got to uh, check out old Atari cartridges and game boxes. There was one for Space War that was so 70s. Like they had this guy who had like the low cut t-shirt, you know, low cut shirt with the chest hair showing. Oh, yeah. And like uh, 70s uh, style glasses. You know, the ones of those weird shapes, you know, because those were really popular in the 70s. And he had like a necklace on. Uh, yeah, it was so 70s. Burt Reynolds um, mustache. The Atari. The, no mustache. Oh, wow. The okay. Atari uh, controller, though, was stiff as all hell. Like that thing was just. You could barely move that thing around. I mean, like we've come a long way from Atari. I mean, that's for sure. Was it the original uh, 2600 control, yeah. the joystick and the red button? Yeah. Oh, okay. Those are supposed to and be it was pretty... super, uh, super stiff. Those are supposed to be pretty comfortable to play Atari games with, at Well, least. I think what it might have been is a reproduction controller. Yeah. The reproductions ones aren't good. way too clean. Yeah. So that's what it was. It was a repro. Because, no, the original ones, that's... A lot of people really like the original Atari joysticks. Me, personally... The Atari graphics are just a little too primitive for my enjoyment. <laughs> like they, like staring at an Atari game makes me sad inside. 
Yeah. Because I'm like looking at it and I'm like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> this isn't <laughs> this isn't fun at all. Like I haven't even played the game. Well, I think but it, this it's is like just... it's like it transports you back to that particular time. If period. you grew like, up in that time, but I put didn't yourself well, no, I mean it's still not because we played it on a CRT TV uh in in uh one part of the class. So it, it really does take you back. Like um and I, I can definitely imagine that people when they first uh, played Atari, they were blown away because there was nothing like that before, other than in the arcade. Yeah. So, no, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, when it first came out, but... I, but you yeah, know, I like I, the class so far. The book I'm reading, it's interesting, except the writer thinks that Gamergate is just a black and white uh, gamer bros being sexist and called the feminist frequency an, an indispensable resource. Oh, well, dude, really you're in, you're in college. You're in college. What, uh, what, the course, they're going to take the most, like, left, yeah. like, you know, one-sided way. And my professor way. feels the same way, too. And it's like, dude, you really need to do some more research on that. It's not as simple as you make it out to be. I'm surprised but, they know. got that. Uh, I'm surprised they got that uh, current with uh, the video we game We talked things. about Gamergate in the first day of class, which really made me groan and roll my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, please stop. I hope that's it. No more Gamergate discussions. Like just one time only. No more. Uh, we're going to watch King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters, uh, this uh, Friday. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I've seen it before, but it's been a while, and it's a good documentary. So that's like an hour and a half of class was just watching a documentary. All right, guys. Like almost a three have hour we alienated class. you enough from this podcast yet with uh, talking about shit that has nothing to do with Westboro Baptist Church or cults? Well, I'm pretty sure the Westboro Baptist Church probably has something to say about some things. Oh, I'm sure. You know, video um, games yeah, and they, college. They and would that. have problems with every single uh, thing. I'm sure. I'm sure they, <laughs> they would. Uh, so, yeah, we're still doing cult months. I, I added an S to the end of month there because this is just clearly going past uh the one month it's it's the cult marathon yeah there you go and it the and cult it does have a clade it does feel like a goddamn triathlon because i mean that charles mance one really like took took my knees out and, and kneecapped me and then this one was a nice solve uh a salve i guess uh after yeah, the Mance yeah. after the manson thing because this this was a easy breezy uh documentary um, mm -hmm. It was a two-parter on uh, the Vice channel. They they do pretty good work a lot of times. Um, I usually just don't really care about what they're talking about nine times out of ten. But yeah. in this case, they it, were uh, essentially not necessarily infiltrating the Westboro Baptist Church. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna flub that word a million times in this podcast. Um, so I'm just gonna call it the WBC. So. They, uh, and has nothing to do with the World Boxing Commission. I know that's another thing. That's the WBC, whatever. World Dub Boxing Commission, WBC title, whatever the fuck. I don't know if any of our listeners would have, uh, <laughs> gathered that from that, but okay. So, uh, <clears throat> and forgive my voice, because I've just been getting over these allergies or whatever the fuck they are. Actually, allergy meds would fuck shit up, so. Well, you sound like you're inside of a bottle right now. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, yeah, you were you were going somewhere with that thought, Mike. Yeah, I was. So uh, Vice actually was uh, shooting footage and uh, hanging out with the WBC for four years while they were collecting footage and interviews. This for was this, a uh, four-year thing. Yeah. Oh my God! I didn't know it was that that long period of a time. 
just to produce like a 40 minute documentary. Jesus. Yeah, because they were collecting footage and interviews and so on and so forth. Four years, though? Are you sure about that? <laughs> That's what I remember seeing in the documentary. I could be wrong, but okay. Well, whatever. That's not the point. The point is, is that they uh, you spent time with these people. And the whole thing about Westboro Baptist Church, and, and just to give you a quick little thing, they're the church that pickets all of the soldiers' funerals. They're the church that pickets... If there's any kind of, uh, they're very much against homosexuals. They coined the so like the shootings at uh, Orlando. Oh yeah, the 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 nightclub. Um, yeah, all that stuff. They are they are like so happy about that when gay people die, and they they coined the term. And please forgive me, but I have to quote it because it's kind of an essential phrase to describe this horrible piece of shit church. They coined the whole "God hates fags" thing. That you see uh -huh. on all the signs, and uh, that's kind of what that that was kind of what they became known for in the early days. But then they started taking on the military and Catholics and Jews. Jews, yeah. yeah. So that's that just gives you a little. Everyone is fair game for the WBC. Everybody except black people, surprisingly. Yeah. Because, again, as we've seen with all these cults, there's always some weird glimmer of, of like, of a moral compass in there somewhere. Like, it's okay to hate these people or these people or be totally against... Or want to sodomize your brethren or, or your... Uh followers in your congregation yes but you know we're talking about jim jones and the people's temple in that case yeah. it does definitely uh this church would definitely not be okay with that but no but i'm just saying it, it does tie into the whole thing but yeah jim like, jones was it, all for uh integration and and uh not being racist and so on and so forth and he's like uh you know He's four fucking people in the ass, so, you know... Yeah, it, there are contradictions just, it, in, in, in all these yeah. cults, and, and, and like with Manson, he was against black people, but he was totally okay with just having sex with whoever and doing the drugs and all that, so there's all these contradictions, although Manson never claimed to be some kind of a moral compass in his cult, but yeah. these people, uh, I guess... Oh boy, yeah, the, they, they claim to be the moral compass. Yes, they are the they they are they claim Fred Phelps the Gramps as he is uh, affectionately called by some of the people in the church, the leader, the founder of the Westboro Baptist Church. He is an old school style um pretty much fire and brimstone southern baptist yeah. preacher. Yeah. But what does what what uh differentiates Fred Phelps from the southern baptist preachers that I grew up with? is that he, for some reason, chose to just harp on homosexuality in particular. Now, they still believe, you know, that they still preach against everything that all the other Southern Baptist churches preach against, but they have taken this particular interest in hating and bashing homosexuality, almost as if Fred Phelps has something he's hiding, perhaps yeah, some it's like, insecurity... Yeah, it's like of some kind, or he's actually gay. Well, that's what it's like, that's it's what like I was alluding to, Mike. That's that's yeah. that was that was the subtle picture <laughs> I was trying to paint. 
But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like for someone so who who thinks about homosexual or someone who's so against homosexuality, you sure do think about it and talk about it a lot. You know, it's a little uh little in, uh, uh, projectionist there, uh, you know, defensive. So anyway, the film starts off proper with a guy named Steve Drain. And oh boy, this oh guy. Oh boy, this guy. This guy I Steve mean, Drain. He it, <laughs> He wants to be like a modern day John Wayne. Like he thinks uh -huh. he is so cool. But if you ask me, Steve J, Steve Steve Drain, uh, he should just go down the drain and just go and flow amongst all of the other sewage because that's where he belongs. Guys, if you thought that Mike was had depleted the reservoir of dad jokes then you were dead fucking wrong because he just came in again and zinged you right in the ass with another dad joke and i hope you all you guys all appreciated it so it starts off with this steve drain guy who is the only him and his family are the only people in the westboro baptist church whose family is not blood related to the other members so let's get that straight right off the bat westboro baptist church Started from this one old man's piece of shit, deprived, depressed semen, and made the rest of the Westboro Baptist Church. Except this Steve Drain guy and his family. So, Steve talks about how he initially came up to do a documentary on the Westboro Baptist Church. And this was called Hate Monger. And hate Mongers. Hate Mongers. And he was pretty much going to debunk the church and expose them. And he was talking about, because the, they're interviewing him, and he said that I went around one Thanksgiving weekend and I started knocking on doors Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I was asking people, what do you believe and why do you believe it? And my conclusion was that nobody really knew what they believed or why they believed it. And, you know, he's, so, he's using that as like this big point that he's making. But like my, yeah. my thing is like, or maybe Steve... It's because you're randomly walking up to strangers' houses, asking them pointed <laughs> questions about their beliefs, and maybe they're just trying to get you the fuck off their lawn because it's Thanksgiving and they're trying to enjoy some cranberry casserole with their family, you weird fuck. Anyway, Mike, you were saying cranberry casserole? Like, I don't, I don't that sounds pretty weird to me. Uh, Mike, you've had hey, you've had cranberry casserole. Uh, no. It's that cranberry shit, that gelatinous purple yeah, crap. Yeah, I don't think that's casserole. Nah, they, you, just, can, you, make a, you just... can make a casserole out of it. Mike, <laughs> if this is the thing that I have to Google for this podcast, <laughs> then this is really no, fucked. No, no, I, I know you can make casserole out of it. It's just not a normal Thanksgiving tradition for me. Okay, well, what you were saying? is that So, with, St with, the, with Steve Drain, like, this guy is a textbook narcissist. He's sitting there doing these interviews with his sunglasses on, uh, all acting like he's hot shit. In reality, he's just a fat piece of shit. Um, this guy, I don't really feel or think that he actually was going to do this documentary for the reason of trying to expose the Westboro Baptist Church. I don't think he was trying to expose the WBC. I think he was just doing it so he could get attention because that's what he wants. This guy is an attention whore. He wants attention. He wants fame. He wants praise. And what better way to do that than to do a documentary about the most uh, hated uh, religious group in America at the time? 
Yeah, and, and, and I mean, he, you know, he was in he was in another documentary about the church with uh, Louis Thoreau or whatever. Yeah, and you know, he's showing off his shitty because he became the public relations officer for the church. Um, sorry to kind of spoiler there, uh, foreshadowing <laughs> ahead of the story. Well, here, I mean, but. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like he goes into this doing this documentary, and then he joins the fucking cult. He joins the church. Yeah, let me get to that. So. Anyways, 12 years ago, Steve Drain was a 35-year-old aspiring filmmaker who wanted to expose Phelps and his family as frauds, or as he put it, snake oil salesmen. So he wanted to talk to the pastors of the WBC and work his way up to their leader, Fred Phelps. But he was then thrown a curveball when he got word that quote-unquote Gramps was ready to speak to Steve Drain right away. They talked for four hours, and as he put it, the interview was badass. Which, again, I mean, this guy's clearly a winner. I mean, you know, me and Mike have talked to uh, the fucking, one of the directors of uh, photography or cinematography for Unsolved Mysteries. I've talked to some of the people off Unsolved Mysteries. I've never described an interview as badass. I certainly wouldn't describe an interview with some crusty 80-year-old fucking weirdo homophobe is badass so yeah i think you're right mike when you said that he wasn't ever trying to truly debunk this church with his documentary uh i think he was just looking for attention and he was like a, a baby like more of a bitch he was a bitch crying out for attention and well that that makes sense i mean the wbc stands for whiny Bitch, bitchy cocks, if you ask me. Well, you could so, have went with Central, whiny bitch Central, perhaps. Well, that could be it. Whiny that, well, bitch, if they made uh, a TV Central. station, it could be the whiny bitch Central. <laughs> um, so anyway, the Steve Drain guy, he went back and he researched every answer they gave. And according to the scripture, or should I say, according to Steve Drain, every answer they gave checked out. Because, I, you know, I'm not going to go research this shit, you know, because I don't... Well, the thing is, the Bible says a lot of different things. Like, it says you shouldn't do uh, things like uh, you shouldn't eat certain uh, food, you shouldn't wear certain types of clothes. So, it's just so hypocritical to focus on that one aspect of the Bible. And also, the Bible was written thousands of years ago, so um, I would think things have changed since then. I don't know. Well, the thing that I always hear from people when it comes to, you know, because Christianity, it's always, they're, they're constantly trying to modernize. They're constantly trying to, like, become hip for the, the new generation of kids. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. It's undeniable. The further we go in time, the more liberal and progressive. I shouldn't say liberal because that that's kind of, like, carries bad connotations in some people's minds. I'll say the more progressive thinking our society is getting, whether you like it or not. I mean, it just is. I mean, it's publicly okay to be gay now or to be seen like an interracial couple. These are things that 50 years mm -hmm. ago were were not okay. And you could risk getting physically beaten if you were in the wrong city at the wrong time. And now it's just commonplace, even in some of the most southern backwards ass redneck states so i mean well yeah i mean that that's that's what makes the wbc's efforts so pointless to me they're not going to change a damn thing right they're still gonna be gays they're still gonna be uh jews they're still gonna be these other people that they have issues with nothing that they do none of their protests none of their controversy none of the attention that they get 
is going to change anything. Well, to, and to get back to, to my day, point, though, that I was trying to make is that the the you know as our society keeps progressing forward, a lot of newcomers to the Bible and to the concept of Christianity. There's a lot of things that they don't like about it because yeah, it does denounce a lot of things. But the big the big answer in modern churches is oh, that's the Old Testament. That's the old agreement. The New Testament is where you need to stick to. But these guys, they don't believe that. They're all about no. that Old Testament and that old... Where, okay, well then why aren't they stoning their kids then and their wife when, they're, when their wives are disobedient and, and uh, when they aren't subservient to the man, you know? Because that's Old Testament yeah. shit too. But, you know, they're going to pick and choose. So, anyway, Steve Drain has a huge fucking erection for this church, apparently, and he said that he started to believe, man, this church ain't gonna give me false information. So then we get to Fred Phelps and uh, Gramps, the, the founder of this church, and he was born in 1929 in the town of Meridian, Mississippi, to a railroad policeman and a homemaker. After his mom's death, he was raised by his great-aunt. After graduating from high school, Phelps was accepted at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. However, after attending a revival, he decided to pursue scripture instead. Over the next few years, Phelps bounced around several divinity schools. That sounds lame as fuck, by the way. I mean, I guarantee you the, the amount of rules in a school like that. There's actually a Harvard divinity school. Alrighty, well, there you go. So he did that until 1951 when he met Marjorie M. Sims, who he married later that year. In 1964, Phelps graduated from law school in Washburn University in Topeka, Kansas, and founded the Phelps Law Firm. Now, here's the part that confuses my brain a little bit, because this is where he appears to not be as big of a piece of shit. Over the next decade, Phelps made quite a name for himself during the Civil Rights Movement. Phelps took cases on behalf of African-American clients alleging racial discrimination by school districts, racially-based uh, police abuse, and unconstitutional raids on African-American establishments. And quoting Fred Phelps, he says, They couldn't get a white lawyer to Lawrence and defend Gail Sayers and those 102 black people, so they came to me. God Almighty never said it's an abomination to be black. And I'm just, I'm just so confused at this point. Because, again, it's great that he's doing that or that he did that. And it's great that he feels that way. But the Bible also says you should stone your children if they disobey you. And it says all well, this. It also says, you know, uh, you know, don't judge other people, you know, things like that. Unless, unless you want to be judged or, or. You know, it preaches a lot of things about love and respect for other people. Right. So, I mean, so, you can kind of like, you can, in which many churches have done, you can pick and choose what you want to believe out of the Bible uh, as far as the tenets of how to live your life and the moral tenets. But, you know, the the WBC, they think they're above all of that. Okay. And I see, that's the thing. Um, it, it, you know, I, I think it was, uh, what's her name? I, th I forgot exactly who it was. Maybe it was Marge or maybe some other gal she was interviewed and she's talking about how oh these people they 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 judge us you know and you know they, they keep talking about how you know thou shalt not judge but they judge us i mean you are literally the embodiment of the pot calling the kettle black 
All you do is judge other people. So what do you expect? Do you expect other people to not judge you in return? You just remind Give me a fucking break. By you saying pot calling the kettle black, you just reminded me one of one of the dummy ex-girlfriends I used to have. She said, Yeah, it's like the cat calling the kettle black. <laughs> oh my god. Like, we so... picked a winner. I that definitely so... want to procreate with you. <laughs> Yeah, she, she had her moments. Um, so in, anyway, in 1977, a formal complaint was filed against Fred Phelps by the Kansas State Board of Law Examiners for his conduct during a lawsuit against a Kansas court reporter. During a trial, he brutally cross-examined her for over a week and accused her of a variety of perverse sexual acts, ultimately reducing her to tears on the stand. Phelps prepared affidavits swearing to the courts that he had eight witnesses whose testimonies would convince the court to rule in his favor. The court reporter, in turn, obtained sworn signed affidavits from the eight people in question, all of whom said Phelps had never contacted them and they had no reason to testify against her. Phelps had committed perjury and on July 20th, 1979, was permanently disbarred from practicing law in the state of Kansas. You can't tell that to Steve Drain, though, because he believes that he was this upstanding guy, this great person, you know, he was, he could have been, you know, a senator or something, you know, he he, he, he seems to just ignore that aspect of why Fred Phelps is, was disbarred from uh, his profession. And some of the people who left the church, and when I say people who left the church, I'm talking family members, because remember, they're all related in this damn church. They're all family. So some of the people who have left, I mean, some of Fred Phelps's kids have left. Some of his sons have left, and grandsons, and all this other stuff. They were saying that they felt like the church was just a place for Fred Phelps to vent his anger and rage uh, about, you know... Obviously, areas of society that he didn't understand and that he didn't approve of in his small-minded view of things, you know, because, I mean, when you grow up, speaking from experience here, when you grow up in a small bubble where you go to church on Sunday, you go to a private school Monday through Friday, and Saturday you're hanging out with those kids that you went to school with, you... you your thinking has no place to grow. You you have no space to like expand your thoughts on things. So yeah, when I was young, I was homophobic. Absolutely. I hate to admit that, but I was I thought it was wrong. I thought it was it was it was perverse. And that's because A, I never even knew a gay person. And B, I all I had was this propagandized view and information coming at me from the church and, you know, people who I felt as I'm older now and totally not homophobic, the exact opposite, total support of everybody loving everybody, you know, um, as I look back now, I see these people as people who were, again, cherry picking, much like the Westboro Baptist Church does. They found it personally gross. They found it personally abhorrent. That's why they campaigned behind that particular quote-unquote sin so hard. You never went to a church and heard the preacher preaching about gluttony. You never heard the preacher preaching about gambling and how bad that was. You never heard anyone say anything about that. Why? Because the whole congregation is filled with fat fucks who would have gotten offended by that shit. Or pride. Or, yeah. 
so I mean, they're just cherry picking these things. And it's like Pat, comedian Patton Oswalt said this a long time ago. I totally agree with it. If these people would just go out and say, I am against homosexuality because I personally think it's gross to see a man kiss another man. That would actually be a valid reason for them to not like it because in their mind they think it's gross but to use religion and god and and try to and try to hide behind it and act like oh that's really why i'm against it it's just it's bullshit and those people who would say oh well i think it's gross or whatever i become friends with somebody who is different than you for once in your life you know what i mean it's the same way with yeah. racists i mean you you, yeah. you let a racist spend a week actually hanging out with a black person or a black family and they see oh these people are very similar to me we want the same shit at the end of the day we want happiness and healthiness and success for our family and they're not these monsters that i thought they were well but a lot of people they wouldn't even uh dare to even uh meet with with uh you know with uh black people well, that's the problem is gay that's the problem is, so, is they they sequester and, and themselves when it comes to the bible and like following all these different rules for me it's just like hey you know if it, it serves as a guidebook for your life and helps you get on the right path cool that's great for me i just live by the rule don't be a dick don't be a dick yeah. really all <laughs> these things apply to that rule don't be a dick wbc stop being dicks Stop being a bunch of assholes. Really, if God was real, he'd probably be holding a sign that says, God hates the Westboro Baptist Church. That's another thing. <laughs> because all it does is make him look bad. It makes the religion look horrible. That's another thing. I love how they keep speaking for God. Like, God hates yeah. this and God hates that. And I'm sure they have some some Bible verse to back it up, but it's like, I could start a church and, and protest them and be like, God hates the fact that you're not killing your wives and children because they disobeyed you because you're the man. But, yeah. But the thing the thing is, though, they talk about the scripture, but where in this documentary did they ever actually quote the scripture? Yeah, they Nowhere. never they never did that. I never noticed that. They never quoted a single Bible verse that you could go and, and look up and check. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. Not fucking once. So all there is just like, the the scripture the word says that being gay is 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 wrong and 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 they should die. Where where where? Uh, okay, can you recount the scripture to me, off the top of your head? I I don't have to because it's the word of God and 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 I believe it and and that's what it is and I don't have to. Well, my whole thing is is just straight up like, well, I don't believe in your Bible and I don't believe in your God. So what now? You're, yeah. What you're saying has no relevance to me in my life. Yeah, you could just be like, you know, the, there is no God. The, I don't, you know, the spaghetti monster yeah. in the sky that I worship says you're all fucked in the head. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> oh well, your spaghetti monster doesn't exist. Yeah, I, yeah, I have the same amount of proof that mine exists that you do. So, I mean, wh what? You know, what, what do you have to say? You know, anyway, getting back to the documentary here. So the whole picketing thing, because it would have been fine and dandy for them to go and be the homophobes that they are and just shut the fuck up about it. You know, First Amendment and all that, which I totally believe in to a certain extent. These people really push my limits of the First Amendment. I mean, they. Well, yeah, I mean, the only thing that separates them from the Ku Klux Klan 
is that they haven't really been involved in any sort of terrorist attacks yet. They haven't actually killed anybody or harmed anyone personally, uh, you know, physically anyway. They don't advocate uh, in, violence in the name against homosexuals. Of their church. Yeah, they don't advocate violence against homosexuals. They don't say you should go out and beat up a gay person. Yeah, but uh, other than that, they're essentially uh, almost the same as any other hate group. Well, and they're and really. they're and they're a bunch of lawyers too, so they know the the law of the land to a T. So they know. I, I saw something on on the YouTube comment section on this on one of the parts of this documentary. I think it was the second part, and someone was actually commenting. Uh, commenting and, and made a really good point that makes a lot of sense that because there's uh, a lot of people in the Westboro Baptist Church who are lawyers that a lot of this is a front for like easy money making so it's like oh uh, you have these members go out and protest and say all these nasty horrible things and act like a bunch of assholes then you have people who get upset and then get involved and try to fight them and then they take those people to court. Yeah, lawsuit. And that's how they that's how they fund a lot of their shit, honestly. But I really I really don't think it's a front for money laundering. I think they I think these are these people's mission. I mean, it's one thing if they're well, just I think that's part of it, but I think it's grown into uh, a whole thing where they're like, Whoa, look at all the money we can make by pissing people off and getting them to attack us. Well, they're certainly happy when somebody, uh, you know, does that to them and they can, you know... Well, I mean, in the first lawsuit, they were like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. So, the picketing, okay? The picketing all started with this church because there's a place called Gage Park and a couple of the Phelps children, when they were really young, were propositioned for sex by some gay guys in the park. Apparently, this park was known for being a... Haven. Where's the proof of that, though? All you hear is like, oh, this uh, this happened, but like, it's one of those things that's like, I would guarantee the statistics of gay men who who actually, you know, proposition sex with underage kids is very low. Well, back in the olden days, as it were, um, nowadays it's hard for us to believe that this kind of stuff could go on, but... but you know, play, society as a whole, like I said, we've changed so much in the past 50 years. Society as a whole was not okay with uh, gay people just being out in the open. So a lot of times they had to meet up in these more dangerous, seedy areas because yeah, they couldn't they go to... they just made up shit. There's just like, oh, the the gay the gays just talked to my, my underage I kids. So. I don't think they would have made that up. I think maybe that did happen, but... Even if it, I could totally see them making that up. That's one hundred percent. Well, I mean, if they made it up, it would be because the old man Fred wanted that he already had some agenda against the gay people. Exactly as it was before. <laughs> so perhaps, yeah. but that's to me whether it happened or not is irrelevant. It it's that's what started the whole the whole dealio. So. You know, these kids were supposedly propositioned for sex by some gay guys in the park, which honestly sounds like my regular Friday night every night at the boot rack. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they tried to get the government to step in and clean up the park, but apparently they didn't do anything about it. So they started picketing at this park. And then Timothy Phelps, son of Fred Phelps, then brags about how he was the first 
one to make a sign that said God hates gays. And then he kind of, you know, very, just very cavalierly was like, yeah, it got, sure did get a lot of attention. And it's almost like that's what... Wasn't that one of the guys who left? No, uh, Tim Timothy Phelps is still in there because he was in the uh, oh, okay. he was in the documentary or the Vice documentary, and yeah, of course it got attention. <laughs> and and I feel like that's really the key here is well, it sure did get a lot of attention. It's almost like they no shit Sherlock. <laughs> they, it's like they found out they figured out how to how to work troll culture to their benefit like early early on. Yeah, I mean they are essentially just a bunch of trolls so for me from all the experience i've dealt with online with uh trolls and so on and so forth what i've learned is that it's kind of a net positive that these people exist and they're doing these shitty things because it puts a fucking neon sign that goes straight to their forehead that says i'm an asshole really it's like there's no hiding it there's no uh deciding to uh, shelter it there's nothing like that okay like it's so blatantly obvious like these assholes are being assholes and now you know who they are what they're into what they're about and then you know how to deal with them i, I look at it now as a positive anytime i get people being dicks to me on the internet it's like oh cool that's another person that i should remove from my social media entirely I mean, it, it's the thing with the West Brett with the with the uh, blah, 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 that's all folks with the WBC is honestly 99% of the time I could care fucking less what they have to say, what they think, just like any other troll. It's this one. The one percent is this podcast. That's it. Yeah, other than that, same. I don't give a shit. Yeah, because they really are, are just the type of people who just say a lot of offensive shit to try to get a reaction and they're predictable. And if anything, they're a fucking joke, especially with stuff like South park and other things. Uh, they've been turned into memes. It's like, they're not even taken seriously. It's like, why do they even bother still doing this? Is it maybe it's so they can get the money? Cause that's the, I mean, cause other than that, what's the point? Well, it's like Hubbard, you know, L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology. It's like... But Scientology, at least during that time period, actually had a boom in, in membership, actually had some legitimate power. Well, let me finish my point, Mike. The point that I was going to make is that L. Ron Hubbard could have taken the money and ran a long time ago, but the, yeah. the thing is, he never did. So it's like, uh -huh. he really did believe in this crazy-ass thing he made up, and he it drove him insane towards the end of his life because he had this body thetan inside of him that he couldn't get rid of and he wanted to blow up his whole body to expel this uh -huh. alien inside of him or whatever and it's almost like the same thing with these people it's like they could have just given this shit a rest a long time ago so s these people believe in what they're doing i don't think it's a money laundering thing which makes well, it i don't think 100 i don't think it's uh, i i mean i'm not saying it's 100 that i do think that's one L one very strong element of it though um and also just just to get attention i think there's a lot of people who are a part of this church who just like the attention they get really and they think that equates to actual power but it doesn't at all they have zero power over anything
So in 2004 and 2005 is when it really started hitting big with the whole God hates America thing. And then they started ramping up with the military and picketing the funerals and everything just started getting more and more extreme. Now, this is from Libby Phelps, who is one of the younger generation who, who actually left, who was interviewed for this Vice documentary. In 2006, Westboro organized a picket at the Westminster, Maryland funeral of Matthew Snyder, the U.S. Marine who was killed in Iraq, featuring banners saying, thank God for dead soldiers. They soon found themselves back in court when a lawsuit was filed shortly after by Albert Snyder, the deceased soldier's father. Snyder won a $10.9 million judgment, million dollar judgment against the Westboro Baptist Church. And then they show all this creepy, most brainwashed I've ever seen video of all these little kids and, and teenagers of the Westboro yep. Baptist Church going, we thank God for the $10.9 million verdict yeah. because it's a small price to pay to get this message. America is doomed in front of the eyes of the whole world. You can't pay for worldwide publicity that cheap. And the faces these people are making, yeah. especially this woman, Shirley Phelps Roper, who is a daughter of Fred Phelps. This woman looks like she had a lobotomy. She has this brain dead <laughs> look in her eyes and this just shit eating grin on her face. She looks like fucking Skeletor. <laughs> she looks like the old creepy librarian that has too many cats, just long wily gray hair He's and a fucking crypt keeper over here like shut the fuck up go go back to uh uh introducing uh horror stories on hbo what is it about <laughs> these people in these cults that all get that same dead-eyed glare after being in the cult? is that is that part of the brainwashing is that like a, i guarantee yeah probably is that like a I physical mean, look, feature look at, look at uh the people in uh the heaven's gate cult like that last video they did before they killed themselves like all of them. There's nothing there. All of them. I, I mean, in, in the uh, in any of the Scientology propaganda videos you see, in the Charles Manson, the the family when they are interviewed and they're young and they're all like smiling with their fucking eyes open a little too wide and they're just like, you know, well, I think they were high. Well, yeah, they were they were <laughs> high out of their fucking minds and and, and and yeah, but this 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 bitch man, you want like you put it best. You want to reach through the screen and punch every single one of these individuals. Yeah. I mean, it's just they're that infuriating. See, for me, th you know, that they are that loathsome. And I think that just, you know, this group exists to point out how awful these people are. It's like it, it's doing the opposite. It's not really helping them in any way. It's just hurting their reputation. It's uh, making these people out to be some of the worst people ever. It just doesn't... I, I just don't understand the logic there. Oh, we'll get our message across and make it make a difference and uh, get people to believe that America is doomed and then that God hates gay people by being a bunch of fucking assholes. Yeah, that's totally going to get the, the message across. To Steve Drain and his family, and that's about I it. I mean, especially nowadays. Well, I think Steve Drain was an asshole to begin with. I mean, look at what he's doing, what he's done with his family. Well, no, but my whole point is, is that like they've been perpetuating this message for so long. They've had one family join their church. Yep. One. The message. They only have 70 members. 70. Damn, that's a big family. So. 
I, and that's another thing. How do they? How do the women meet men to like breed with? If if, if I mean that. Remember, they're not supposed to date, so how, you know, yeah. After a while, like, you'd have to start fucking one another. Some incest got to be going on to keep that lineage going. And they already look inbred enough as it is. So then they interview the bitch I was just talking about, Shirley Phelps Roper. She's an attorney for the Phelps Law Firm, and she's also Fred Phelps' daughter. And she is asked, the Snyder lawsuit, if your appeals are exhausted, will you willingly pay for the damages? And she just stares in the camera with this fucking brain dead glare and she's like no here's what you need to do you need to forget that lawsuit that lawsuit has a purpose this nation intended unto us for evil but god intends it unto us for good so in two that sounds like some shit that like somebody who was possessed by a, a demon would be talking about you i know? was waiting for her to like twist her like he- like neck around and she got <laughs> saying that be like yeah mother was a whore you know <laughs> your mother sucks cocks in hell <laughs> so in 2011 the u.s supreme court decided god hates gays okay Mike. in 2011 the u.s supreme court decided eight to one that westboro's actions constituted protected free speech. Albert Snyder was later ordered to pay Westboro's legal costs. Oh, no. that that's just that's the legal system for you. That is but that is a prophylactic. I think it was Snyder who called them later. Like somebody called them later and left a message. Oh, I have that. that. I, I have that message. Help I will read it. At all. So and then you go, it cuts back to this bitch, Shirley Phelps Roper, and she goes, if it wasn't for the fact that I believe every word of those scriptures, and I know that everything that our God does is proper and perfect and righteous, I'd almost feel sorry for those people. And then it cuts to oh, the... I just uh, to smack her in the face it, after that. It cuts to the answering machine <laughs> message, and they don't actually say who actually, like, you know, was the author of this message, but it just goes... You fucking pieces of shit cocksuckers. I don't fuck I don't give a fuck if you're a bunch of lawyers or not. The next time I hear you're desecrating a soldier, the whole lot of you are going to fucking die. I'll fucking stick a bomb in every house you own. I'll fucking blow up the law office and I'll fucking cut your fucking net, Fred Phelps. <laughs> and he was He was pissed. I, I, yeah, he was. I'm sure they get a bunch of messages like that. I'm sure there's nothing new. Yeah, but for me, it's like, that doesn't help matters. I mean, yeah, we've been insulting them. We've been talking shit, but we're not making death threats, you know? Yeah, I could see why you could be pushed to that point with these people, though, uh, for some of the things. Um, I mean, good Lord, you know, if someone close to me passed away and they were picketing, like, outside of some, oh, my God, dude, I don't I don't know, man. I might have to take my car and you plow them over. You just flip out and then just take this, rip one of the signs out of their hands and shove one up their ass, <laughs> one of their asses. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, that's sodomy, <laughs> motherfucker. That feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, you like all them splinters, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> this ain't nothing compared to where you're going when you die, motherfucker. <laughs> But uh, it was during the editing of the documentary for of his documentary for Hate Mongers that Steve Drain claims that he went through a, a supernatural conversion. After much thought, <laughs> contemplation, and discussion with his wife Lucy, Steve packed up with his two daughters Taylor and Lauren and moved the family to Topeka, Kansas. Really, what happened is he converted from uh, just an everyday normal asshole to you know 
a uh, an abhorrent one. Like like uh, the uh, king of assholes. So this guy, uh, media asshole. This guy is like he's glib as a motherfucker. He's he's cocky. He's just you know arrogantly just spouting off scripture yeah. at, at me like that's supposed to just be the end all be all to any argument I might have. Uh-huh. And you, while wearing his fucking sunglasses, you got him on his back porch. Back yeah, you got him on his back porch <laughs> with his stupid black aviator sunglasses on, wearing a looking like a fucking out of shape, washed up '90s bouncer. He looks like a fucking a PE teacher. <laughs> it's a fucking he, PE he looks coach like a fucking t-ball uh, t-ball coach who's still holding on <laughs> to like what little bit of like maybe and he's got the sunglasses on, the slick back hair. He thinks he's fucking. Pat Riley or nah, some he, shit. He doesn't have slick back hair. It's like that, like spiked up '90s. Like he's got yeah, short blonde yeah. hair, and he like spiked it up with like hair gel and I shit. He's a redhead. Whatever, red blonde kind of looks the same to me. And that, but anyway, <laughs> so this guy's sitting on his back porch again, thinking he's John Wayne. You know, he's like he's talking about how he went to Sundance to pick at the Kevin Smith film Red State, and then he's talking about how I had all these fags come up to me being like. Oh, Steve, how do I go to heaven? And then I said, what what you do, the only, only way you can do it is take a piece of barbed wire, I don't care if it's rusty or not, and lob your junk off. And it, like, it's supposed to be this big what? like mic drop moment after he said that, and it's just but like... But it's not. It's just like, what the fuck does that even have to do with going to heaven? Like, is that even in the Bible? Like, what... So does is this just your doctrine? So does your fucked up doctrine? To speak to your uh, statement you made earlier, Mike, about how this guy just wants attention, it's absolutely true. Because then it cuts to in the documentary, he's like all inside his house, showing the filmmakers advice. This like really just hacky uh, parody of these two rabbis and it's showing this penny showing this penny that's dropping to the floor in slow Uh. motion and they're both diving for the penny going and it's like you know they're like Hasidic Jews so they got the curly side hair he's then showing his fucking awful uh, it's like it's not really stop motion but it's kind of trying to do sort of like a puppet thing. It's almost like that uh, show in uh, South Park, the one in Canada, where they just fart. Well, no, they take a pi- they he took a still picture of like Bill yeah, O'Reilly. Yeah, but it's like that kind of low budget. Yeah, he took with that kind of show. He took a, a still picture of Bill O'Reilly, and he just like cut the mouth out, and he in in post production, he just like moved, you know. Key framed it up to where the mouth looked like it was moving, and then he just ins- he dubbed in his own commentary. And it's uh, they showed the uh, Bill O'Reilly, then they show Joel Osteen on there, and they're trying to you know insult Joel Osteen, which I, I that I completely agree with. I think Joel Osteen is a piece of shit, but for you know probably different reasons than what they do. And they don't even like get to the punchline of that sketch. Like I don't, so I don't know why it was supposed to be funny or what point it was supposed to be making. And one of the well, it's supposed to make the point because they had the guy uh, who was still, I think it was the same guy who was uh, the the father of the soldier. Um, yeah, he was on the, that Bill O'Reilly show. He was one of the. So yeah, so they were making fun of him. So that's that's the whole punchline there to keep poking fun at at the at the father of the dead soldier. And the vice uh, cameraman at that point goes, uh, "You know, your Joel Osteen impression sounds a lot like George Bush." 
And then Steve's just like, he's just like kind of, you know, kind of annoyed. He's like, I do the best with what I got, dude. And so uh, after being baptized into the Westboro Baptist Church fold, Steve Drain has become the public information officer. Basically, it's propaganda minister in chief. And then they get to the parodies. So fucking folks, atrocious. folks, these parodies. I'm gonna put some of the parodies in the podcast. Pro- probably post uh, uh, post production here. But I I almost want to do like a commentary track on one of them. Pure cringe, folks. Like this isn't even. This is the type of stuff that they think is cool or they think is badass, and it's the total opposite. It's just it's. It's amateurish. It's laughable. It just makes them into an even bigger joke than they already are. So what they do, I guess, as a way to spread their propaganda online is they take popular songs and then they re they do parodies of them. So they rewrite the lyrics with their agenda behind it. So, for instance, some of my favorite cuts, ironically speaking, of course, is uh, they take the Kesha song, We Are Who We Are, yeah. and they change it to God Hates Who You Are. Hot and dangerous. Where you're going, God will torch up. Because you always lie about God's love. Your cup is full. He's had enough. Hates you? Of course he does. You're running around town just like a slut. We preach you don't want to mess with us. Christ Jesus will avenge us. us. Spread your legs and bat your eyes. They take uh, the this Taylor Swift song "Shake It Off" and they change it to "Don't Shake It Off," and it's about I don't know what. I'm gonna that some of them aren't aren't that badly done production wise. The, the I, I love the way you lie parody. What's that one? How's that one go? I didn't because that's the one that's like God's gonna da da da. Oh yeah. They did um. They did the Foster the People song, Pumped Up Kicks, and they changed it to, like, all the other kids with the 666, you better run, better run, outrun, God's judgment. And it's like, oh, God. This is, like, the kind of shit you'd see in your church. Oh, it's so you know? painful. It's so painful. And I'm going to put some... Like, the, the, the youth pastor would have the, the teens do some fucking uh, cover... And but instead of you know, then they put in Jesus and and so on and so forth. Yeah, like whenever uh, oh Mister Wannabe John Wayne Steve Drain, whenever he is doing the vocals on a parody, at least it's like sung serviceably. But for the Shake It Off one, I'm going to include at the end of this the singing on that. It's like they got these little kids from the church to do it. The singing is atrocious on top of the lyrics being hacky. So. <laughs> So so it's like the it's, the uh, kid from uh, it's like, uh, that unsolved mystery segment. Yes, yeah, it is it is on that level of uh, <laughs> of Jesus. 
Gracias. <laughs> Storm in hell shit. Just just turned up to 11. Yes. Uh so so essentially they're making it so bad it's good uh parodies that like everybody is like going and ironically liking. Yeah. But the but they, the problem is, is it, it is sp- spreading their message, but I think it's a message that nobody, you know, Except for Steve Drain, nobody is like, yeah, that's the way to go. Let me join no, that yeah, church. No, yeah, nobody. So I- They're just like, this shit's a fucking laughable. Like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And they share it with their friends on Facebook. It, it's, uh... And uh, they actually do it in uh, protests now. Like, they actually play a loudspeaker or, like, a wireless speaker with the actual song. And then they have somebody singing over it. And so... They- <laughs> And it's so bad because it's like the one footage, the one piece of footage I saw was like a couple old ladies, you know, singing over it. They did, they did a, a Sam Smith song, and that guy's like openly gay, right? Which I'm sure made it all the more relevant of a of a song for them to parody, and I'm sure say some more homophobic shit. So then Steve is going on this tangent saying, hey, I got an idea. Let's rip the babies out of the wombs of these fool American women on the back of their fornication. And let's break the moral compass of these kids and do end up, that do end up getting born and raise them up with the devil and then send them off to fight a war that we have no business fighting to begin with and can't win. When, the, when we take these kids out on the picket lines, they see the difference. The mind starts working pretty early. They see the difference between how we conduct ourselves and how we cleave to the scripture. And we're sinners like anyone else, but the difference between God's elect and the reprobate is that we're ashamed of our sin. We want to stop it. And then then you... Oh, fuck you. (laughs) I mean, this guy is so far up his own ass. That I don't even think he can see daylight anymore. But I like how the, um, I like how they're getting around to uh, the child angle because we're about to drop a bombshell on you guys. Yeah. So then they have Shirley Phelps Roper being quoted as saying, "This generation has taught me these children. Uh, uh, th- this generation has taught that these. Ch- God damn it! Let's do a take three on that." Uh, she goes, "This generation has taught these children that it is in fact okay to have sex early and often and with anyone you want or with any animal you want. There's special anger from God for what animal? you for what you do with your children because the scriptures say they know nothing. There aren't very many people in this world that actually advocate or support uh, fucking any animal. A bestiality, you want, so. <laughs> yeah." Yeah, so someone in the film crew asks another WBC member, Rebecca Phelps Davis, shouldn't the children have a choice of whether they want to be involved in this or not? And then she says, that's like saying, should children have a choice to go to school or not? This is this is actually more important <laughs> than that. Oh my God. And then he asks, if the, chi- the arrogance. if the child grows up and decides they don't want to be a part of this anymore, are they still part of the family? And then the bitch responds, don't you understand that if they do not believe this message the Lord our God has given us, there isn't going to be a discussion about how can I stay even if I don't believe what you do. They will naturally go and they will just they will just go. The arrogance is just astonishing. It really is. So then Vice interviews some of the people who went. Uh, former member Lib- uh, Libby Phelps Alvarez, and she talks about how she was there for 26 years and she left actually on her 26th birthday. 
and she started picketing when she was eight years old and how they thought it was great and they thought it was really fun, but they didn't really understand what what they were doing. And then she, Well, yeah, of course, they're kids. Yeah. They don't know what these words mean or what the connotation of them is. She talks about how you have to do everything they want, and if somebody got in trouble, they were isolated. This is all very culty. Uh, Their expectations were higher. Your grades and how you acted in school had to be higher. She's saying how you're a walking picket sign along with being a perfect student and child, and they wanted people to hate you, uh, and if anyone acted like they were friends with you, they were lying, and they had to say the same stuff because they were all about being one mind and one unit, all the kids. So they all had to have the same kind of, you know, rehearsed and trained and programmed thing. Yeah, this is not a cult at all. Nope, nope, not at all. So <laughs> then Steve Drain's concept, because uh, he's then asked about who, who's your pick for the, uh, at the time, I think it was the 2012 election, I want to say. And Steve Drain's uh, concept of a godly presidential candidate is right. Here it is, folks. He goes, uh, you know, you, you, you couldn't have a godly president in the United States. You'd have to you'd have to have a candidate who would defund the millions of dollars that go to, towards abortions. He, he says this, folks. He goes, you'd have to stop AIDS research and, and then you'd have to reinstate the death penalty for homosexuals. Steve Drain. Was there ever a death penalty for homosexuals? Maybe like back in like the fucking Salem witch days, perhaps. <laughs> I know. But like not anytime soon. I don't even think it was, that was even, well, even back in the Salem witch trials, I, I don't think homosexual was like a, a term that was even used. Well, that was just the oldest thing that my mind could grab that was a possibility where that might have happened. I mean, it's just like, that just proves he's so far up his own ass. I mean, it's like, Dude, that didn't that that didn't even exist. How the hell are we going to reenact something that never even existed? So, um, so Steve Drain's daughters were brought into the Westboro fold as adolescents, and upon their arrival, the Drains sharply changed their approach to parenting. No holidays, meaning no Christmas, no Thanksgiving. No, none of that, because that's apparently seen as pagan. No boys. No rock bands. No haircuts for the girls. No chocolate bunnies or even what would Jesus do bracelets. And above all, no boys. And then it shows Steve's daughter, Taylor, and how she's getting basically indoctrinated into the fold and how she's doing, she's working on like the tech side of things, like what he does. She's like editing websites and this, that, and the other. And, um, then Tim Phelps, one of the defectors for this interview, says how she was quiet and um, was surprised that she was still there because she was so attached to boys and to her sister. And then it's at this point that we learn about Steve's other daughter, Lauren, uh-huh. who left the church. And then they show they they show images of his other daughter and by the way she is a she's hot. she is a fucking babe and a half yeah if anybody was curious about that i'm telling you right swing. now swing <laughs> times two god damn it lauren jacksonville florida send me a dm i'll tell you where i live we can hang out um but no uh that was creepy that i said that anyway <laughs> 
So then they cut back to Steve, you know, like, because obviously they asked him, you know, that was... The look on his face and his demeanor changes. He gets all super He gets fast. all stoic and, and, and serious, yeah. and he's like, my life isn't about pleasing myself or my children. My life is about serving my Lord. And then it cuts to Libby. That was the ultimate. Like, his whole thing where he's talking about that, it's like, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for 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 the Lord, and I'm doing it for them, and blah blah blah. And that's like the moment where I was like, "This guy is uh, like the king of narcissists." Like for fuck's sake! I mean, <laughs> oh, I'm not doing it for myself. Bullshit! Bullshit! My dick! You're doing it for yourself, so you can get all the glad handing and all the fucking praise and all the power that you want. Give me a fucking break. Well, you know, probably drive a big fucking truck. Too. Oh, you you bet he does. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he got a huge boner whenever they made him the chief uh, communications officer too. I bet that's like a big deal in his mind. Like, ooh, I'm 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 good at something for once in my life. People are acknowledging me. Um, so They're acknowledging how shitty your videos are. <laughs> so then it cuts to Libby, who's one of the people who, again, left the cult, but the younger generation, and she's describing Lauren Drain, and she's like, she was never a true believer. She goes, don't get me started on that girl. She always wanted to go out with the boys. I had people after uh, all of us uh, left the church come up to me and tell me about how she would take clothes to school and change into them that were inappropriate and how she'd sneak out with a girl from Topeka or a guy from Topeka <laughs> High and do stuff with him. Well, that would be even crazier if it was a girl. Hey, hey. Yeah. call me. Uh, anyway, sorry. I wonder, I really do wonder what would happen if one of these church members had a kid that's trans or gay. Oh, God help him. <laughs> well, no pun intended there. I'd actually probably be better off if you stay away from their God in that case. So, uh, Lauren Drain was expelled from Westboro Baptist Church in 2007. She's been allowed no contact with her mother and two sisters, and she hasn't wow. spoken with her family in three years. That sounds like... Disconnection? Uh, yeah, sounds like a one particular cult that... Mm, rhymes with socio sociology yeah yeah rhymes with sociology entomology yeah. oh scientology yes <laughs> disconnection yeah disconnecting from the group from the group think yes this is not a tenant of a cult at all so libby Steve drain would probably be if he was a scientologist he'd be totally up there in the ranks with uh david miscavige he'd be one of those guys who would be in that uh trailer with all the fucking ants and shit yeah, he'd be he'd, he'd go to the uh, he'd be in uh, the the RPF the Rehabil rehabilitation project force. Uh, he'd be in the hole. So uh, I just wanted to brag about my Scientology knowledge just then to tell show people how I still know all the terminology. I'm weird. Um, so then Libby starts talking about how there was this guy on YouTube who was trying to flirt with Lauren and Libby because they were in charge of like uploading the YouTube content. And apparently Lauren started corresponding with this guy. She stole her mother's credit card and bought a plane ticket for this guy to come to uh, Kansas. And I'm guessing they fucked. And uh, then they cut back to her dad, Steve, and he goes, she's a lucky ass YouTuber over there. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so Steve goes, she's not a country mile from being a Bible believing Christian. She lives with a man. And there's this big dramatic pause. And he says it again. 
She lives with a man. She's not married to him. That's kind of a fundamental deal right there. And it's like, well, looks like she's not missing much by having your shitty ass in her life. Exactly. So they're showing all these pictures of her and all this other kind of stuff, but she actually wouldn't participate in the Vice documentary, but she did ask them to plug her book, and they did mm -hmm. not. So, um, you know, make, make whatever of that that you will. So then Libby started talking about what made her leave, and she recounted the story that Mike alluded to earlier about how her family went to Puerto Rico, and when they came back, they had this picture that they showed Libby's grandparents. And in the picture, she was wearing a bikini. And the grandparents liked the picture so much uh, that at church, they put it on some table where everyone could see it, which honestly, that was kind of a naive move yeah. on the parent on the grandparents part it's like yeah. come on guys you, you know well i mean even I, I mean even if it wasn't this fucked up culty church full of you know bunch of fucking cocksuckers um i i i would have it's just one of those things like i still think that would be kind of inappropriate yeah sure like, this was just like your regular uh non crazy baptist church <laughs> they'd still be like so after it's not appropriate for the table after church she saw the picture had been moved way into the back and that at that point she knew oh i'm fucked you know like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna get it now and she was saying how we had these meetings back then and and you know i would go to these meetings and you know it was horrific so i knew when it was my turn for a meeting that it was going to be awful and she said there was about 30 people around you in a big circle and it's like a verbal stoning and everybody was saying I don't help out enough and that I was chaff and that the wind was going to blow me away. I don't know what the fuck that means. So that's 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 a lot like what Jim Jones would do. Yeah. In his cult. Yep. And in listening to all this, it's like, you obviously don't want me here and it's opened my eyes a lot. So she's saying every time I get sad and think about my family, I, I think about that because they're not the honest, hardworking people that I thought they were. Um, and then she kind of got emotional and uh, she said, everyone kept calling me saying, stop dishonoring your parents. And then my grandpa called and said, you're not thinking about leaving, are you? Because I don't think because I didn't think that was an option for me to leave. And then I had this sudden realization that I needed to get out of there while I still had the chance. And uh, it just overpowered me that I needed to leave while the opportunity presented itself. And then my dad called and I didn't answer. And he left a message and I listened to it and he said, I hope you're having a good day and everything will be fine. You just need to talk to everyone and this will all get resolved. But I knew that just wasn't going to happen. And then I left. And uh, then someone named Cheryl sent her an email that said, your mom and dad and sister want no communication with you. Oh, it sounds a little bit like disconnection. So that is basically... The meat and potatoes of this documentary. Um, what do you think, Mike? I mean, I kind of already know, but well, it was it was a it was definitely a uh, frustrating documentary yes. to watch because you're just like, ah, oh, these fucking people, you know. Uh, it, uh, but it opened my eyes. I learned a little bit more about it, and uh, it's most definitely a cult. It's not your everyday church. And I know a lot of people say, well, Kurt, you know, churches are kind of a cult anyway. And yes, uh, they can be, but 
the difference with that is there are a lot of churches that don't preach this fucking toxic shit and then also don't do as much disconnection type stuff. They don't take part in so many of the different cult parameters. Uh, when it comes to the WBC, it's just one of those things that they've gotten attention and that's what they want. And I know a lot of people are like, well, don't give them attention, ignore them, then they'll go away. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think they're going to go away even if people ignore them because that's essentially what people have been doing for years. Um, I, I, I definitely do feel that one of the big, you know, one of the reasons they're staying uh, on the course, so to speak, even after the death of their Gramps, their beloved Gramps, which sounds like shit out of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Remember Grandpa? You know, they didn't have a name in that group. It, it, the Sawyer family. It was just Grandpa. I never saw that <laughs> so you, one. So you got Gramps over here. He passed away recently. There was uh, rumors that he actually was excommunicated from the church before he died. Yeah, that's crazy. But then like, I, I, Steve Drain comes in later and playing fucking damage control, and he's like, "Oh no, that's not the case at all. Like, he's still there. He's still part of the church." And then he died soon afterwards. So I don't know who's leading it now. Uh, maybe it's Steve Drain. I could totally see him being the David Miscavige of the WBC. Definitely. Um, and it's just one of those things. It's just, I, I understand why people think we just ignore them. But for me, it's like, keep doing it. Keep, keep, you know, keep showing your true colors. Like keep being the biggest bunch of fucking pricks and dicks and assholes on this earth. Like, please, please keep being bigoted pieces of shit. Um, uh, cause that just shows me. The, the it puts a bullseye on the people in 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 the United States that are just fucking awful you know the scum of the US I'm gonna say this though for anyone who's a part of the church who decides to leave you know I, I this does not apply to you these insults these put downs these slams they don't apply to you because you've got some sense you've realized what the fucked up situation was that we that you were in. You realize that this is fucked up, this is wrong. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So I I I, I wanna definitely give a shout out to those people who left because that took a lot of strength and courage on their part. So uh and a lot of sacrifice because they essentially sacrificed their friends and their family. A lot of them anyway. I did think it was weird that, that because like I remember seeing this documentary and I remember thinking like well that old man's gonna die soon and like won't this church just go away and the fact that it hasn't is kind of weird because they have some like thing that I'm reading about here saying that like the members aren't supposed to die because they're immortal or something but that well, yeah like any other cult like uh uh like Apple White you know with his 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 uh not really girlfriend like his acquaintance bonnie bonnie uh and other stuff like that you know you would think heaven's gate would have stopped after that but no that's not what happened so we're, we're gonna go through now and read just some of the counter protests because i just love hearing about people sticking it to the church um <laughs> so we'll just go down the line here and read a few of them and then i gotta skedaddle because my awesome karaoke gig that i'm totally not excited about because it's well, four hours of boredom well, yeah, I gotta, I gotta 
eat eat some uh, dinner because all I had was just a little little bar. Yeah, Mike, you and you and your your thing and my thing are comparable in importantness. You have to eat dinner. <laughs> I have to go to work. It's the same thing. Uh, Not really. No, I know. No. I'm just pulling your pulling your dick. Um, to I, I, <laughs> I say that to spite Westboro Baptist Church. Um, Sorry about that noise. Uh, there's a little cat toy that I knocked off my table. That oh, I was hoping that noise was you thought what you thought what I said was so funny. You like fell back and knocked over your DVDs. <laughs> nah. So anyway, in 1999, inspired by the murder of Matthew uh, Shepard the previous year, which is a brutal case in and of itself, if you know anything about that, uh, Mike, or Matthew Shepard was killed for being gay. Uh, Michael Moore organized a protest against homophobia for his television show, The Awful Truth. He toured states with, anti, with uh, uh, anti-sodomy laws in the Sodomobile. A, a pink bus filled with gay men and women. At one point, they visited the Westboro compound and got out to meet Fred Phelps, at which time Moore introduced the Sodomobile to him. You know what Fred Phelps looks like? He looks like a fucking cowboy. You know, like an old, grizzled, western cowboy that you'd see in, in a saloon. He, look, he, looks like, he looks like Emperor Palpatine if Palpatine wanted <laughs> to be a cowboy. So picture Emperor Palpatine from Star Rancher Wars. Rancher Palpatine. Yeah, Rancher. Yeah. Ran- exactly. In his older years, when he's, you know, 536, <laughs> he retires to uh, fucking uh, Tatooine and he becomes Rancher Palpatine. And it's a very <laughs> similar look to uh, to this. I uh, hope, hope you like that Star Wars reference, Zach, if you're out there listening. It's like the fucking Marlboro Man. If he was like 500 years old. He looks old. like the Marlboro Man after years of like smoking, <laughs> like yeah. the, the, the bad effects of cigarettes. He's like, I'm Fred uh. Phelps. I'm the Marlboro Man and I'm only 42 years old. <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes have made me look like a catcher's mitt. Uh, then we got another one two days after September 11th attacks in 2001, a 19 year old man named Jared Daly stood on the street corner facing the church holding up a plywood sign that said, Not today, Fred. Within two days, 86 people joined him, waving American flags and anti-hate signs. Well, there actually were people who, like, they did did threaten to picket uh, other funerals and stuff, but they didn't follow through. Like, one of them was Robin Williams. Yeah. But they didn't didn't follow through on it. I was like, dude, nobody, nothing is sacred with you, with you sick fucks. But also... To me, like with their pickets, it's they're like they're they're the Jerry Springer show of fucking cults. That's really what they yeah. are. This is a perfect way to describe this this group. They're the Jerry Springer show of cults. Like they show up and they say their shit. You know, God hates gays. Uh, def, you know, America is doomed. Like you could see shit like that in the Jerry Springer show. And then the other people who were on, on the show get all pissed at them, flip them off and want to get in fights. And then you have Steve Wilkos show up and like break it up. Or some <laughs> Steve <shit>. Wilkos. <laughs> I remember that guy. <laughs> and he got his own show. That shit was so. What's funny. I think he actually was on like a, a it was uh the Russell Brand show, which is very short lived. Thank God. Cause Russell Brand sucks. Yeah, He's awful. Uh, he had, uh, he had Steve Drain on there and I think Steve Wilkos was also on there. Like maybe as like a, uh, mediator or a guy to like prevent shit from getting too 
intense or something, or the guy who was there sitting next to Steve Drain looked like looked like Steve Wilkos. Like it really did. Like I think I I swear I think it was Steve Wilkos. But anyway, there are some more counter protests during a picket in Seaford, Delaware, on May twenty first, two thousand six. One person broke through police lines and assaulted WC WBC members who fled into a police van. Five people faced criminal charges. Early in the morning of August 2nd, 2008, someone set fire to a garage near the Westboro Baptist Church, causing an estimated $10,000 in damages. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to read the last few here and then we'll wrap it up. On July 14th, 2013, members of the Satanic Temple performed a quote-unquote pink mass ritual over the grave of Fred Phelps' mother. The group said that the mass would turn the dead woman into a posthumous lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, got him. That's fucking savage. A satirical Facebook page about God raised $80,000 from fans to post a billboard in Topeka that says, quote, God loves gays, which debuted (laughs) on September 8th, 2014. That's awesome. On June 18th, 2016, around 200 people blocked the view of picketing by members of the church that occurred after the 2016 Orlando nightclub shooting that resulted in 50 deaths um, frequented by members of the Orlando LGBT, LGBT community. And then finally, in July 2016, the church was a quote unquote gym for the game Pokemon Go led by a pink Clefairy put in by the players named Love is Love. Members of the church <laughs> responded by branding the Pokemon, the Pokemon a sodomite. I love it. It's just like, just... It's gay. The, the Clefairy is gay. Well, it's... I mean, some people probably said that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you said that when you were a kid. You look at the Clefairy, you know, Pokemon cards. Like, That's gay. Fairy? <laughs> The gayest Pokemon ever. Um, but anyway, uh, apparently there was a Christian uh, rock band called Five Iron Frenzy. I know who they who are. made a song about them. Yeah, I know who that is. They're like a ska band. Uh, the lyrics, though, I, I like. It, uh, they, they did a song called God Hates Flags, which condemns their actions. And it says, if God is love, you got it wrong, waving all your placards and flags. I think that's a nice way to sum it up. It's very succinct. Very succinct statement there, Five Iron Frenzy. You guys are indeed the scholars that I thought you were. Um, so, yeah, folks, that's all the time I got, unfortunately, because I have to go and do some karaoke for four f- fucking hours. Sorry, when I get upset, <laughs> my voice gets a little high-pitched. Um, but, yes, this week, unlike last week, I will actually plug some shit. So I guess you uh, sound like fucking Mickey Mouse. Mike, don't fuck with me or I'll fuck you up. I'm fucking serious. Stop laughing at me. Um, anyway. Um, wonder if Fred Phelps sounded like that. He would have gotten any, <laughs> if he any, any followers. Following. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, I don't think he would have gotten the same following. Probably only a gang of dogs that could even hear that supersonic <laughs> frequency that he's, he's speaking in anyway. Uh, so anyway, that is the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. I did. I personally, this is the this is one of the more enjoyable ones because anytime we talk about like anything Southern Baptist related, I I actually have some form of authority on that matter because I was raised in that 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 special thing. I'm trying not to offend people who you would say though that they take it 
to a whole number uh, level. Yes, they right. they are very much deviated from the main line of Southern Baptist preachings. Well, I mean, there's a lot of Baptists who have actually they've disowned the church. They're like, that's not a real yeah, Baptist church. Right. Well, yeah, and it would be in their best interest to do that, protesting soldiers' funerals and shit. Anyway, uh, if you want to uh, join our Facebook group, then you can go to Facebook and search Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. It is a vibrant community of people who are very accepting of all cultures, creeds, and um, uh, spell spelling errors. Um, you can just go to the groups and type that in. Uh, considering supporting us on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. I just finished the uh, ch uh, Charles Manson Beach Boys Connection as of last night. It's an extra 25 minutes explaining how Dennis Wilson, drummer for the Beach Boys, was intimately involved with Charles Manson a lot more than what the Beach Boys want to remember. But um, So you can check that out by becoming a Patreon member. Um, you can check me and Mike out on YouTube if you just can't get enough of our annoying ass voices. Uh, you can find Mike by going to youtube.com slash OCP communications. Mike is the movie guy. He does movie reviews. Mike, what was the last movie you talked about? Backdraft. Oh, that's a one good one. One of my all-time favorite films. Great movie about firemen, ladies. Um, I don't know. A chick's a and gentlemen. Well, the gentlemen that are attracted to firemen. Sure. I'm sure there's some listeners out there. No, I meant great movie about firemen, you know. I'm confused as to what's happening right now. You can find me on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. And I just posted a vlog about me turning 30 and the, tw the, the, the 20 things. The three things I learned from my 20s. There's three specific things that I learned in my last decade, the previous decade of my life. And they're very important lessons. Well, isn't that special? Yes, they're important lessons that I think you could benefit from in all seriousness because I've been through some shit. In my 20s, I've wasted a lot of time, and I'm trying to help you avoid make the, making those same mistakes that I did. Does one of them involve uh, social drinking? Uh, it, something that happened <laughs> as a result of so, too much social drinking kind of somehow led up to one of the main <laughs> points. But uh, yeah, so that's my channel. Anyway, we will be back next week with another fresh new cult for you to feast your ears on. Until then... Uh, oh, but we haven't un forgotten about Unsolved Mysteries either. We, this is a podcast... We talk about the show and solve <laughs> mysteries, but we're just taking a little hiatus from that right now because, uh, you know, it, the, the distance makes the heart grow fonder and all that. But anyway, till next time, uh, have a good rest of your night, and 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 I bid you adieu. See ya. How fire is your faith, 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 faith. I won't until you shake, 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 shake. Don't shake it off, don't shake it off. We're always on your streets. Ah. Love that moves our feet.
And that's what they don't see. That's what they don't see. Trusting God to show. Trusting God to show. Where is what you go? Shake it off, shake it off. 